0: Hello, everyone. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is the 8th of November, 2022. Robbie Triano is here, as he is every single Tuesday. For Tuesday Takes, we talk about the Big 12 title race this year, which is, I mean, still just red hot right now as we have three games left. The future of the Kansas Jayhawks football program as they are bowl-bound. Texas TCU in a game day featured clash this week. Why they are polar opposites plus Why does Neil Brown still have the head coaching job as it sits right now at West Virginia, all that and more coming up. You are locked on big 12, your daily podcast on the big 12 conference, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Once again, locked on big 12 podcast, Josh neighbors here. Thank you guys for making us a part of your day. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast podcast. We are brought to you today by the folks at Sling TV. Nowhere else to get your TV right now as football and basketball season are both heating up. Uh, it's crazy. We had a full day of Big 12 hoops yesterday, Robbie. I know nice. you, have the, you have the podcast. Obviously, not everybody left unscathed. The Sooners uh, got caught yesterday with their pants down and lost to Sam Houston State, who I do not believe has a very good basketball tradition. They're in the tournament, like sometimes, I feel like, but. You're kind of more known as a FCS power. So long day yesterday, 10 games, started at noon. How was your, how was your viewing experience as you watched all those games?
1: Early season basketball is just not very good. I'm just going to let you know, not very good, uh, especially Big 12 teams are pretty good. Uh, everyone else stinks. Uh, and even the Big 12 teams right now are not very good because they have to tune up a little bit. Oklahoma, I mean, that's a team that, yes, we're sad. They're leaving the Big 12. But in terms of basketball, they it's not going to hurt the league at all.
0: Yeah, so, I yeah. have
1: no problem saying that that team is meh. Uh but there are some really 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 awesome teams in this league. Kansas and Baylor are going to be unbelievable. Uh so it's weird to go from football to basketball. Uh it, it was even funny during the podcast I'm recording the Midwest Madness podcast doing all things Big 12 hoops. I meant to say Mike Boynton and uh forgot to edit it. I said Mike Gundy. So, we are wow. hardly- yeah, so uh, I we are currently in football mode, going into yeah. basketball mode, uh, so I have to stay strong. Uh,
0: it does happen, and, and yeah, you're right. I mean, watching, especially the transfer portal age, watching all these 18- to 22-year-olds play in November when God. none of them play together at all is like, it's all I – was, I was watching my Missouri Tigers last night, and I was like, wow, these guys, I mean – it looks like they have played about two months of pickup together, which is about, you know, it's about where all these teams are right now. Uh, teams that have played two months of actual football together, let's move on to that. Yeah. The big 12 title race is bananas. That is the way that you pitched it to me. Uh, just for some, just for some more context, I, I got the picture of the title race and let me get the, uh, the banner out of the way really fast. So we can look at it, but really the upshot here is, is look, it is now a four team race this weekend it's going to be i mean there is a world in which a three a three loss team does go um but the thing is is that Baylor's got to play Kansas State and Baylor has to play Texas right so with that in mind like two of those three teams are going to go to two losses in that in that um you know in that kind of pairing of games right and it also, TC has got to play both Texas and, and Baylor. So things are going to be very, very interesting the rest of the way, but Robbie, I mean, it is, it is a four team race and the only other league really that can say that right now. And I, we have to give them some credit is the pac 12. It's been a really exciting race there, but the big 12, uh, top to bottom has just been more competitive as a league. And that's, what's given us, you know, this, there is, there is in the Pac-12, a beating up on, you know, you beat up on Colorado and you get to play a little Arizona action. How about you chuck some Cal in there? What about a nice trip with Stanford? How about Arizona state? I mean, what I just give you there, four or five, five schools I just listed off to you. Nice little break. There's none of that here. There's absolutely none of that in this league at all. And, um, you know, West Virginia got the big 12 win, uh, against Baylor, who's currently fighting for a championship right now. So that's kind of where this league is. And, It's going to be a fight to the finish, it looks like.
1: Yeah. And why I say it's bananas is I think two weeks ago, we said, all right, TCU, Oklahoma State, that's going to be the final. Okay. Oklahoma State just now had three straight, like like they're doing bad. Oklahoma State is down bad. You just lose to Kansas. Okay. All right. Baylor's out. No, Baylor's definitely in this. All right. Kansas State, it's going to be TCU and Kansas State without a doubt. And then Kansas State loses at home to Texas to a team that we thought that was also going to be dead. This race is bananas. The one constant is that TCU is in the title game. I don't think there's a question. They are the best team in the Big 12 right now. But when it comes to the race to be that number two team in the league, it is very much up for grabs. And that loss this weekend by Kansas State puts a wrench in everything. But I want to go through the resumes of what these teams have left when it comes to Texas, Baylor, and Kansas State. So Texas has TCU this weekend. It is home, and that is by far their hardest remaining game. And that one is really tricky because if they win, I think we can put Texas in the title game. But then they play Kansas, who not going to say they're going to beat them, and then Baylor. Then Baylor has by far the hardest. Kansas State, TCU, both at home and at Texas. And then Kansas State has at Baylor, at West Virginia, and Kansas, the easiest three-game stretch. This game this weekend that we will get to with TCU and Texas determines the entire race. And right now, I think if Texas were to win, they will be in. And honestly, I think they could win the whole thing. Like Texas is a team to me that can still win the Big 12 title, and that is crazy. But if Kansas State were to win out and have some chaos happen, they can be. So this race right now is crazy because two of those teams, I did not see being in this race still, and that's Baylor and Texas. It's nuts.
0: Uh. I I thought that Baylor would be there. And, you know, I once again, I, I was kind of thinking that this league would be like I think it would be two, it was gonna be like a 10 and two team and then a nine and three team, which it still might be in the Big 12 championship right. game. Um, Texas, I'd said from the beginning that if they made it there, I thought they would win it because if Texas made the Big 12 champion, just think about it like the start of the season. If Texas makes the Big 12 championship game, we're sitting there in September. What does that mean, Robbie? Well, that means really everything went right. And funny enough, I don't feel like everything's gone right for them, right? No. And they're still right here. And I think normally that we think if things go sideways for Texas, they go sideways in a pretty, I mean, you know, hysterical way at times. Um, and for them, it's been like, okay, our quarterback was injured and we lost to Alabama. Our quarterback was injured and we lost focus again. We lost Texas tech. And then, uh, the Oklahoma state game was a complete debacle, but like, so, you know, that Oklahoma state game is kind of the one where you look at and like, that's kind of classic Texas, the, right. the Texas tech game one, that one's difficult just because there's no Quinn Ewers, right? So, you know, you kind of give them a pass, but they did blow a lead there. And then the Alabama game, you do give them a, a complete pass because of the way that went down. Um, and TCU is obviously the shocker. They just need to win one of the last three, right? They, they technically have not booked their, their ticket yet, but if they win one of the last three, even if it is that Iowa state game because of the tiebreaker uh, tiebreaking scenario, and because of the fact that Baylor must still play Texas, right. um, They will be in there, right. They will be in there. So it's interesting with those two teams being there, um, Baylor and Kansas state were the ones that we thought would be there. Right. Or maybe be around you and I had talked about that path Baylor took. And it's weird because they're now playing the type of football or good football, at least that I think a lot of people thought they could play the beginning of the year. But what's weird about it is I'm not sure how good that team is. Right. What do they do? Well, they run the football pretty well. Not sure what else they do very well. Right. Blake Shapin's kind of a question mark on a game to game basis. Um, they don't take great care of the football all the time, especially Blake Shapen. They did force, I think the big, the big difference Robbie, for them against Oklahoma was the number of turnovers they forced, right? I mean, they, they were given up on the ground. They gave up 500 total yards of offense. The big thing was they forced three interceptions, right? That's the huge thing that swung the game for them that allowed them to run the football more and control it. And then Kansas state obviously is here and through some means really not all by the, you know, the, the quarterback thing for them. Um, I think it's impressive the fact that they've had that issue and they're still right here at the end, right? We knew it was a team that had a chance, and I think that speaks to the depth of the team that we talked about coming into the year. Hey, look, despite the fact we're ping-ponging quarterbacks and ones look good, but it's only been for a game and a half, one was good at certain times, Adrian Martinez, and now we're here, it's it's funny to see how we got to this Final Four. Um, and it's weird to think that TCU, I know they have their drawbacks in terms of how they play, but there are no blemishes on their resume.
1: Yeah, so if I were to make you pick which team is the most likely and the least likely to make the title game out of those three, my least likely, and I said this last week, I was actually pretty strong about it on this show last week. I said there's no way for Baylor to make the title game, and I'm sticking true to that. Their last three wins, Kansas, bad Kansas team, not like beginning of the year Kansas team, the bad Kansas team that we've seen this year.
0: And that thing got close. (laughs) That thing got real close late. Texas Tech
1: they are struggling right now yeah. and they, they cannot find an answer at quarterback and Baron Morton is actually hurt. And then you play Oklahoma great performance against Oklahoma running the football. I mean, Oklahoma has a good offense, not an elite offense. So for you to win that game, good, but I don't consider an Oklahoma team to be very good at all. I think that defense is actually just bad and Blake Chapin did not necessarily have a great performance. So you win three games against, I would consider some of the worst teams in the big 12, and now we're saying, yeah, they're going to win the Big 12. No. Kansas State, TCU, Texas. That's how you win the season. Would I, I consider the three best teams in the league? Good luck. I do not see Baylor winning it at all. Uh, I am a K- Kansas State guy. I am confused on <sighs> how that last game went. Uh, I really thought Will Howard was going to be the starter. I don't know if they had necessarily an amazing impact on it because Adrian Martinez did play well but the fact that they couldn't get their offense going early to put themselves in that big of a hole yeah. against Texas. Like I really do think if that game was like five minutes longer. Kansas state would have won, but that's not how the game is played. Uh, Texas has a real issue when it comes to the second half. It just blows my mind. Uh, but that game is really, really, really upsetting. Uh, Cause if Kansas state wins that, it's like lock TCU, Kansas state in the title game. Uh, so it's for me, I'm difficult to pick. Who would be the better team out of those two, Texas and Kansas State? But Texas just won. So I think Texas would have the best shot of those three.
0: Yeah, I think you have to say right now it is is TCU is obviously in pole position, right? They don't have to beat one of those teams we talked about. Um, I would say the team that is second most likely, I mean, you want to go with Texas. But it's hard to because of the, the way they have played later on in games. Baylor, yeah, I'm least confident with. And then I would say Kansas State third. And the reason we need to put them third is because, well, the, the tiebreak situation here is that they have a, they are lost down to Texas, but also, but, but out of the remaining teams, you like Kansas state schedule the best because what's remaining for them is at Baylor at West Virginia. And then they get the sunshine showdown in, uh, in, in at KSU. So I, I don't think the, the Wildcats are out of this thing. Um, they're lucky that the team ahead of them is, is very good at losing. Uh, and finding ways to lose at times and uh, i i think that's where we are right now but the fact that we're gonna get like every single weekend there are games you can point to i mean you go to the like the big 12 schedule robbie week after week after week and you can point to a game that was like all right this is just it's so significant because of this right it feels like seven o'clock on fox or fs1 considering when the world series is happening or championship series is happening. Ah, uh, you can pencil in a really important game in the Big 12 race, and I think that's awesome. It's really exciting. So, let's just go next to that game we're talking about this weekend, the TCU and Texas game. Uh, it's gonna—we're just gonna call it opposite day, Robbie. I think I know where you're going with this, but you just—you said to me, "Look, these teams are opposites." Uh, I think a lot of us know why, but once again, lay it out for us why they are opposites. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Big 12 listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system. For 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year. You will not want to miss it. Here is why. Simply Safe will protect you, your home, your kids, your partners, your dogs, whatever you guys want to protect and need protected. They will do it with the best in the business. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off. Any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/slash. Locked on college once again. That's simply safe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like simply safe.
1: I think they're, I think they're similar teams when it comes to talent. I think they have elite playmakers on offense. I think they have an average defense. I think a defense that can, can win you a game when your offense is that good. The thing about this, these teams. They are polar opposites when it comes to what they do during each half. Texas, yes. first half. Oh, my God. This is the best football team of all time. Texas, second half. Why can't they score? Why is the other team now knocking at the door? TCU, first half. Oh, God. Why are they down 14 at halftime? Second half. This is the best football team I've ever seen. I am so intrigued on how this team's, how this game is going to go based on that and what I've seen that it's not just like a one-time thing. This has been a trend for the whole season and for Texas for two seasons now with Steve Sarkeesian. Like, this is what Texas does. Early lead, they'll blow it. TCU, first half failures, second half, amazing. With really good defensive performances. I am intrigued on how big Texas will make this lead. I hope that TCU, not hope, that's not a good word. I, I want to see if TCU can actually do something in the first half to to like make sure it's not that big of a deficit going into halftime. And then can Texas finally do something in the second half offensively? Like, can they? Right. Right. That's why I'm so intrigued by this game.
0: The live line would be uh, the watch, the way the lines gonna like move during the game is gonna be really interesting because, you know, when Texas inevitably goes up two scores in the first half, you know, you're wondering, Hey, what kind of value can I get on TCU or will Vegas wise up and be like, no, we're not going to give you TCU plus 18, right. We're not going to give you TCU, you know, plus 14 and a half. You know, what's, what's interesting about this game, Robbie, is the one thing I think that Texas has an advantage in and it's going to be one, one decider. too is, is Quentin Johnston going to play, right? Was that a move last night or last week to pull him because you're worried about the next week game and you don't want to go further injury and, we, know we don't need Quentin Johnson to tough it out against Texas Tech to get a win. Um, but the one thing that if he does play, I'm really interested in is Texas' run defense. They've been really, really good. Uh, they were awesome last week. They've been one of the best. I mean, nobody's really had a great time running the football against Texas this year. And that is one part of the TCU offense. While well, I think some of the play calling in regards to the run game will come and go. Uh, the run games effectiveness has been there all year and this team can bomb it on you. They're pur- purely passing offense, but I'm I'm really curious to see what is the strategy for TC when it comes to running the football? Are you just going to attack that pass defense from the outset and then hope maybe later on in the game that'll allow you to run the ball more, or are you going to mix it in both or you can try establish early because that has been the one edge Texas has had this whole year That's going to show up in this game, I think, is their ability to stop the run. And uh, TCU, Robbie, at times, too, has actually done a very good job of running their way out of a hole, right? I think the Kansas State game was a great example of how they ran their way out of that deficit. They really rode the offensive line and Kendra Miller to get themselves back and then ahead in that football game. So uh, I'm very curious. That's where I think this game will be decided is, you know, if Quentin Johnston, if, if he does not play, I'm really concerned for TCU. That's a they need him. Uh,
1: so it's interesting though. You say that about Texas's rush defense. I just went to check cause I, like I knew they, they were doing some good things. They are number one when it comes to conference only stats, when it comes to stopping the team, rushing the ball, they're currently first only allowing 120 yards per game. Right. Uh, what's scary though, is TC was also number one at running with what an unbelievable number 221 rushing yards per game. Uh, by far leading the conference, that's uh, that's very interesting. By the two, but when it comes to Texas defense, like I've actually been kind of impressed with them. Like yeah. we talked with Jalen Ford yesterday on Big 12 Radio, I think like he has a real chance to be Big 12 Defense Player of the Year. Leads He's the league awesome. in tackles, has done a lot of things interception wise. Um, the, the 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 story that we have buried from this, and I think you know where I'm going with this, is the Gary Patterson battle. Uh, you go to Austin, right? Uh, you have... You have Gary Patterson, who's now working for Texas. He's recruited and gotten most of these players at TCU. And also, I'm pretty sure he wants to beat the hell out of TCU. I think getting fired from something, uh, when you are that program, you are the program. Uh, I think he's going to take this very personally. Uh, He's not the defensive coordinator, but I'm sure that he has been a very important part of scouting and understanding and making sure that defense is much better. So, and I also think it's going to be a rallying cry within yeah, this team. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, well what, you, what you see a lot of times is with those guys who are those assistants is that, you know, uh, the analysts, like, they get specific games, right? And we were told that the Alabama game was a game that GP was very much relied upon for the defensive game planning. I would assume that this is another one where you toss in his direction. Yes. What's interesting here, and I forgot who were we talk- who were we talking to the other day, but somebody had basically said to us, like, look, TCU as a team has is, is really kind of moved on from, I mean, and how do you not, right? Like th- those guys, sure. I'm really, they're sure they're very thankful for, for GP, but what they're working on right now is a really special season, right? They, they are in one of those and with how much success they're having. I mean, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of impetus for those guys to want to beat GP. I mean, that that's the guy who, you know, they're not, they didn't flourish under him, but that's the guy, or some of them did. That's the guy who brought them there, right? That's the guy who got them there. And now um, Sonny Dykes is the guy who's getting them there in terms of their quality of play. So I don't really think that's the way that they view it at all. And I think it's definitely more of a one way street. <laughs> I think Gary Patterson desperately wants to beat TCU. I, maybe there's, maybe there is some like, let's go beat our old coach, but I don't. Do you under Do you feel like you agree with that? Like I, I don't think that's how TCU's off. Like uh, TCU's offense is like, guys, we gotta hang forty on old GP today.
1: Yeah, and it's I think it's a little different just because he's not necessarily a coach there. He's more right. just like an analyst, and also like, what do they care? Like I <laughs> think really right. like uh, they're in a better position now. I think Gary is. I think he's just spiteful. Like, you get fired from that. It's not like those TCU players, like, got cut by Gary Patterson. Like, they right. got an amazing situation. They got put there, and now they get to be undefeated and maybe in the college football playoff. Right. Um, Just a really interesting game with that. I think oh, – yeah. would you say it's the most interest? not interesting – most important Big 12 game remaining in the season?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, because I think – I think, I mean, I'm not sure anybody's going to frame it like this, but you think about a big picture, like this is kind of what the big 12 versus the SEC argument really is about the good it comes down to. I mean, that Texas team right now has got the SEC talent and um, a hundred percent. It does TCU and, and under, and under Gary, I think it's important that we note this too. Like the way he built that program, they were able to, to mold guys into really, Really good NFL, like like NFL caliber players. And think about all the guys that TCU and Gary Patterson sent to the NFL, from whether it was the Mountain West all the way up to the Big Twelve days. And I mean, look at the group of like the collection of absolute super freaks in the wide receiver room. I mean, think about like I get Savion Williams and and Johnson confused because of how big they are, Robbie. I'm like, oh, he's targeting Quentin Johnson there. No, that's Savion Williams and and Tay Barber. And I mean, Darius Davis is a speed demon. Like, can't catch right. that guy. And De Mercado called you caught a touchdown today. And Kendra Miller has been so consistent. I mean, TCU is is the the proof that you can do a little bit of what's done in the SEC in the Big Twelve. And I, I think like that kind of um, you know, while not on a on a recruit by recruit basis. No, it's going to be it's going to be Texas, it's going to be it's going to be Oklahoma. It's going to be the SEC versus the Big 12, right? It's it's always been Texas and OU and everybody else in recruiting. You know, it's always been the SEC, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State and everybody else in recruiting. Like this is kind of that sem this uh, this symbolically shows you like that you can get guys and develop them into you know what's quentin johnson being considered well one of the top receivers in the next draft ironically the guy who brought all of those players into tcu is actually with Texas sideline right. which is the funny part about it. so yeah and i'm not saying this is a big 12 versus sec thing but i do think if you think about like can a big 12 team athlete wise look like an sec team if developed correctly i mean yeah i mean darius davis does he looks like he belongs on an sec field in terms of his speed like you saw him take that punt back last week man that's 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 what you see in the SEC. Like, it's that's not different. So I think there is a little bit of, of that, in my opinion, which makes this game even more interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think you nailed it, and I didn't even think about it. This is more like a metaphor of, like, new Big 12 versus the right. SEC, like like Texas and OU. Like, I think TCU is going to be an unbelievable part of the new Big 12 when it comes to football because they are in that Texas footprint. They are near Dallas, and they have sunny dykes. And then you play against a team who can reload every single year. Like, like I think about Baylor and I think about TCU and I feel like even Oklahoma state, there are teams that can win you eight games every year, but when it comes to being a big 12 title contender or like a real shot to win it, they can only do that once every three years. Exactly. Texas and Oklahoma, they could get talent out their butt if they really wanted to next year, if they want to go into portal and get people or even get some five stars like and bring them up, Like they can do that. TCU can't do that. But like now we're seeing that we can be a little bit more consistent and not have that amazing fall off that we, that those teams. And you mentioned the new big 12.
0: Let's get to a team here. That's going to be obviously involved in the new big 12, unless that erroneous report about them joining the big 10 was a thing. Uh, Remember that? Wow. LOL. One more word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you by bill bar. Let's stop for one second. So you guys can hear about all this deliciousness. That is happening. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper. All things they have got right now at BuiltandBuilt.com today. They've also got chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, but it's more filling and still insanely delicious. Go to Built.com today and check out all of the flavors. Once you guys sink your teeth into one of these Built bars, you'll be like, "Oh my goodness, this is the greatest stuff ever!" Actually, we love Built Bar here uh at, at locked on so glad they're back which means they're setting me a box soon and if you want to try more than one of their flavors they do mixed boxes so you guys can order a mixed box to your house go to built.com today it's built.com use the promo code lock 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order today once again built.com promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off today yeah. Uh, Kansas won't be a free win in the new Big 12. You know they're going to be a they're going to be a robust part of the Big 12, and that's and the reason the reason why it's so interesting, Bobby, is that this statement is not a function of hey, two good teams in Oklahoma and Texas have left, and BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are more beatable teams. No, we're not. It's not why we're saying it. Why we're saying this is because Lance Leipold's done such a good job. He's gotten in players like Devin Neal and Jalen Daniels. And, oh, my God, their backup quarterback was a, you know, transfer, obviously. But Jason Bean was a guy who was one of the fastest people. I mean, Jason Bean could play wide receiver. Let's be honest. Like, he 100% could play wide receiver. Um, he's got, you know, Lonnie Phelps and Jacoby Bryant and Kenny Logan. I mean, they've got legit guys. And when well coached, this team can be just like the rest of the league and part of a very strong, robust quality middle class
1: yeah and just the fact that kansas is going bowling incredible amazing amazing. (laughs) they needed a lot of early success in order to do it uh but this is a team when i see they're not necessarily in the best recruiting footprint when it comes to the big 12 they're not in texas they're they're in kansas but they have a head coach who i don't think is going to be taking another job and a coaching staff that has been together for many years and you see the players on Kansas some could play at other schools some could not Jalen Daniels can play any school if he really wanted to some players hell no but what they can do is identify talent when they go in the transfer portal you fit us you fit us we're going to coach the hell out of you and make you successful and that's what they can do better than anyone else I don't care if it's Texas I don't care if it's Oklahoma I don't care if it's Mike Gundy Lance Leipold has brought the most out of his talent than any other coach in the Big 12. A hundred percent. Gary, pa- or not Gary Patterson. Sonny Dykes has done an amazing job. He has talent. Like, he yeah. has unbelievable talent. Yes, players, yes. Coaches, not have little bit. Luke,
0: Luke Grimm is not Quentin Johnston, right?
1: <laughs> right. And I think this is only going to get better if I'm a transfer that is on the fringe at a major Power 5 school, and I can get a bigger opportunity. And not only that, but to see myself become a better football player i'm going to kansas because i right. want to be coached the best, and i also want to get the ball a lot so and play I, yeah you can play and i see the recruiting numbers i want them to go up they're not going to be better than the top of the big 12 but when it comes to the new college football and getting in talent when it comes to the transfer portal i think kansas is going to be unbelievable in the new big 12 they're not going to compete for big 12 titles but they are going to be a problem every single week for every team I love it.
0: There's, there's a reason why I really like the coaches that are like Lance Leipold, that are like Chris Kleiman. They never pop when you announce them as the next coach, right? They never really pop. Um, but the thing about them that's really interesting is at the FCS level, they get these systems down to a science, right? I mean, Lance Leipold got that down at Wisconsin Whitewater and then got to prove it at at Buffalo um i would say that north dakota state is is because he made that you know lance libel had the extra step in between right whitewater buffalo ku climbing when you're in a place like north dakota state you don't really have to get the extra step i mean look guys north dakota state's basically an fbs program as it is right now operating in the fcs but what do you think north dakota state does to, to attract guys well I mean, there's a reason why carson wentz and trey lance were able to go there they are able to identify guys who either have a deficiency or a raw, whatever it is, develop them, and a lot of times send them on their way to the next level, whether it be offensive linemen, wide receivers, quarterbacks, etc. cetera. Why do you think that Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold have done so well? I mean, you know, when you look at the guys that are the, – the six guys that were all conference preseason off Kansas State, Robbie, any of those guys, I don't think any of them were like, strike you as these unbelievable, incredible recruits, right? They all developed into really awesome, strong players – because of the, you know, because of where they are in in the coaching and whatnot, Kansas, like same thing, like Jalen Daniels, three-star guy, opportunity to play other places. Sure. But it took this offensive system to come, you know, last year he's kind of running around and doing things. Same thing for Jason Bean. It took the structure to, to make him into what he is. Mm -hmm. Devin Neal exploded last week, right? They needed that. But what was, but that's not what Kansas's offense was for most of the season. It, It had to be on that day and it worked that day, but, we talked about the variety and the balance of Kansas's offense that got them to five and Oh, it was not the Devin Neal show, right? It was Daniel Hyshaw. It was Luke Grimm. It was the tight ends. It was the quarterback. And we talk about Buffalo, Lance Leipold one year. They led the league in rushing next year. They led the league in passing. It's just knowing, all right, here's the guys that we got. Here's how we got to get them better. This year we do this. Well, you know, this isn't – we're running the 2-3 zone Jim Beheim, every single year to use a basketball analogy, right? right? We have to fit what we do to our guys. And eventually, once that works enough, then you can start recruiting to it. But they do a brilliant job of it. I mean, that entire staff does. Um, and let's hope they can retain them, right? I mean, it's not just, you know, not just Leipold. It's Kodal Nicky, and the rest of them, too, that they have to keep. Yeah,
1: Coddle, is the one. That offense has been, like – It's awesome to watch. It's the best. And you, the fact so that you have fun. a quarterback like Jalen Daniels is just – I mean, it's. I'm amazed. Shout oh, out no. Kansas. They took down the goalposts, though. Uh, I think it was deserved. It was deserved, but we, you don't. You shouldn't do that anymore unless you beat like number two Oklahoma State. If that ever happens down the road.
0: Yeah. Um. If Texas wins this week and they get Texas again, I'll be okay with it. Uh, yes,
1: storm for that. 100. J-
0: just symbolically, I'll be okay with that. Um,
1: if any go- Big 12 team beats Oklahoma or Texas at home, I think you should storm. Cause you make, you will never
0: do yeah, Well, it exactly. sounds like you're going to get two more seasons to do it too. That's what it yes. sounds like right now. Uh, all right. One more. So this, this one's an interesting question. Why is Neil Brown still the coach at West Virginia? My guess would be what I'm doing right now. and I'm doing the the money sign for those of you who are doing on the audio side of things. And also maybe they're worried about retaining what is a decent, decent recruiting class. Not going to say it's awesome, but um, but part of that, Robbie, is also like you need to get a new coach in there to make sure you can re-recruit those guys in the recruiting class right now. It's really important to do. So uh, y- you're, you and I are on the same page. I mean, you should pull the trigger on this. Obviously, the extension was a bad idea that makes this even harder, but they should pull the trigger.
1: Yeah, there's no reason Neil Brown should be the head coach. The fact yeah. that you've lost the games that you've lost this year with the quarterback that you have, offensive coordinator that you have, who is just at USC, Graham Harrell. Uh, we just talked about who Kansas is not going to be the punching bag in the Big 12 anymore. You you will be. You will be West Virginia, uh, which is just, it's just I, bad. Like, um, I just don't see this team showing any signs. And if you really want to hang on to the fifth or fourth best recruiting class in the Big 12, go ahead. I think you are heading towards a really bad time. I think when you go into the new big 12, you will be the punching bag. I understand the grass may not be greener with Neil Brown, but I think the grass is pretty Brown right now. Yeah. So, no no pun intended uh, there. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. The grass is relatively Brown. Well, the thing is here's, here's the thing is that like, you can always bring somebody in also to hit, hit a few guys in the portal. Right. And see if you can get that going and try to keep this recruiting class. And still, but like, you know, at least try to have an identity. I mean, there's no there's this is this is not getting better. They don't do anything. Like I've been saying this all year. You watch him play, Robbie. And what do you? I mean, there's a reason why CJ Donaldson, like, okay, CJ Donaldson, who else was supposed to be running back this year? I want to know. some of these college teams uh, have Robbie. they they've got like six running backs in the roster, right? I mean, for God's sake, Kansas had like four transfers, right? And they, those guys could all play. They so Donaldson and Mathis go down. Justin Johnson and Garrett Green are te- the, the only guys who took carries this week, and they don't play defense particularly well. Uh, I mean,
1: I like JT Daniels, but like, two defensive coordinators. Two the reason coordinators. why, like, so
0: the, the, the reason why Robbie, I wanted JT Daniels to go to my Missouri Tigers is I looked at this team and I was like, where are the weapons? The, you know, I like Bryce for weed and Sam James. But the backup for the, the freshman fallback is your second string wider running back. Okay, your first string running back because your offensive line's really inconsistent. And Tony Mathis didn't play well enough. And Justin Johnson's trying his best. I mean, this this thing was never going to work. It, it, it really felt like it was never going to work. And look, they aren't horrible, they played TCU close. They, you know, Pitt's not very good, but they should have beat Pitt, but they didn't. They, they misman- they've mismanaged some games really badly. I mean, there has been some gross mismanagement by by Neil Brown. He's cost him a few games. I didn't like the the way the Baylor game was handled. I didn't like the way the Pitt game was handled. I didn't like the way they managed some of the stuff. Uh, TCU game didn't like the way they managed that game at all. I mean, when were you, you were like, you know what, Neil Brown was pushing all the right buttons. Virginia Tech on the road, they're a t- two win football team. I we all like Neil Brown a lot, but. The only reason he can still possibly be there right now is because of money, right?
1: Yeah. Um, which honestly, I think that some b- donors should be just like, all right, can we just get rid of this? You know, we made yeah. a mistake. But we learned that we learned never to extend someone who uh, only won seven games, or no, they've only won six games, I believe. Uh, I just don't know who the next candidate would be. Like, what type of, what is the West Virginia guy? Like, when, when Texas Tech right. got Joey McGuire. It's like that is a perfect fit. You are getting the Texas guy. Like, what is the West Virginia guy? Well, is it Nick Saban? Because Nick Saban's from what Jimbo Fisher
0: might be available soon. I don't know. But, but I mean, funny, like, here's the thing about this. And we think about this all the time about the fit and whatnot. And I don't, when do we start wondering, like, where does this stuff apply and where does it not apply? Right. When, where do, like, because, because you think about Brian Kelly at LSU, just not, not, a fit at all but he's such a damn good football coach that this thing is working out really well for you then you got Joey mcguire texas tech that seems to make a lot of sense sonny dykes was at smu and did well Uh, wow shocking goes to tcu and does well west virginia is in such a weird area because it's not so the state itself is like it's not excellent for talent wise but you're close to ohio You're close to Pennsylvania. You're close to Maryland, specifically Morgantown. It's close to Maryland. It's close to DMV area. It's close to Virginia. And so it's not like there's nothing around you at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But ironically, their best teams did really well under Rich Rodriguez and recruiting a lot of Florida guys. And Robbie, I think you're right. Like you and I are calling for it, the firing. Uh, And we're not, once again, like we understand this sucks, you know, but like we have to, you know, West Virginia, like that should be a, We've seen them reach such high heights. And yeah, even recently with, with Will Greer and, you know, with David Sills and, you know, with guys like that, I mean, uh, Gary Jennings, you know, that, that wide receiver core was nasty. Like we've seen them come close, but man, I just, I don't know what the answer is. Jamie Chadwell. I mean, Jamie Chadwell hasn't been scooped up yet. He's sitting there at coastal and it seems like uh, every single, I'm not sure why every single big team just refuses to hire him. Maybe Chadwell comes to West Virginia. Mean, I think that's like almost a match made. Well, I just thought of that. It's awesome. Jimmy Chadwell to West Virginia. Let's do it.
1: Aggregate that. Put it on the SEO. Yeah. Um, Big 12. It's funny Scooter. that you said that because Neil Brown was like the good football coach that was like, I don't think if West Virginia has this identity, I think that what Neil Brown is like, oh, he's a good football coach. He's going to be good here. That didn't work. Um, so I don't know what the next route is for West Virginia. What are you going to go? Do you get someone who knows the area? Do you just get a really good, coach i don't think you're gonna pay big money for anyone uh i don't think you're gonna just like be like you know what let's just do it, kansas did let's get less miles and see your program burn to the ground uh, that was a joke less miles is the worst right. football coach in the last five years uh, what i'm worried about robbie
0: though is that they might say well we got a g5 guy before we can't go get another g5 guy and i hate that kind because of, you know how people usually go all right we hired this last time it didn't work it we go the other we way with this I, I really hope they don't do that because I think somebody like a Jamie Chadwell, it would be like the perfect type of G
1: five. There. There's no way they could poach another power five head coach. Definitely not a head coach. They yeah. can get a coordinator, but like, are you getting, like, I mean, are the only, you getting, the only way
0: way you, go, you could go not like, you go like, I mean, Tom Herman, right. Would you want to do that? Maybe a, uh, you know, like, and I'm serious. I mean, like, you know, think about know. Tom Herman, think think about means- um what's his face, the old Florida coach. He's on the uh, Dan Mullen, right. Do you go that direction? I don't want to retread though. I think there's still way to get a good up and coming coach that goes well. I think like Ch- I like you know there are Jamie Chadwells out there that are. Maybe Ryan up. Walters, a defensive coordinator from Illinois, I think would be somebody that's interesting too. So
1: Alex Grinch, but I doubt that.
0: No God, <laughs> I, his defense is already even good. We got to we got to stop. Propping. Everybody does this too. Yeah, we stop propping up Alex Grinch.
1: Yeah, we got to stop saying the same five names. Uh, it's going to be someone that we don't expect if they hire. if They get rid of Neil Brown.
0: And I mean, if they keep him, like. It's complete Shane Lyons. I have to do this type move. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's very, very interesting.
1: His basketball team stinks and then his football team stinks. So yeah, I mean, the West Virginia
0: basketball thing too is like, you know, I think it might be, we're getting close, right? We're going to get close to yeah, That's my question. Dude.
1: I think I think Bob Huggins got to, you can't kick him out the door, but you got to be like, oh, we're gently, pu- little,
0: gently shove, gently you know, push. You like,
1: you like, th- like, this is why I used to do with my dog. I would throw the treat outside the door. So then he'd right. know to get it, go outside and then go take his poo. Uh, you kind of have to just throw that.
0: I wonder what the treat it would be for, uh, for Bob Huggins situation. All right, Robbie, uh, we've got a right. nice 40 minute show today. Where can people find you and your work? Once again, new podcast. Where can the folks find it?
1: Uh, Midwest madness podcast, all things, big 12 hoops. If you're not listening to this or big 12 radio on Sirius XM, big 12, I already said big 12, Sirius XM channel Three Seventy Five at the triano kid on Twitter. It's basketball season and it's the end of football season. It's a lovely time.
0: A lot going on, a lot going on. All right, Robbie, we'll talk to you next week. All
1: right, see you soon.